Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Ooh boy, let's get this show on the road today. We got the Monday one out to you really, really early, and we got this Tuesday show to you really, really late. And for that, I do apologize. It's Thanksgiving week, schedules are weird. Other things that needed to get knocked out in the morning, afternoon, busier, less busy. Yesterday, I knew I'd be totally screwed, so I had to take care of everything on Sunday night. Your guys, I mean, look, I thank you all for bearing with me on this stuff. You know how this goes. My, uh, my schedule is inconsistent. It's the nicest way I can put it. It used to have some measure of consistency, and... Um, then we all went and had children. <laughs> so that was the end of that. Uh, let's get uh, let's get right down to business. This is Fantasy NBA Today, Sports Ethos presentation. I am your host, Dan Vespers, at Dan Vespers on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. The injuries, they do continue. Um, all of that stuff, all of that ultra, like the last minute, the the rapidly changing things that's why we got to maintain our social media presence it's uh it's all the time you know we got news that lebron was still out already for tonight chris paul he was going to be evaluated a little bit later this week so the assumption is that he's already out for tonight now bones has a cold but it's not covid apparently because he already had that jamal murray nikola Jokic likely out i mean it's a laundry list of things even on a short slate tuesday it's just a laundry list of players out. But, like, I, I kind of want to call back to the, the pep talk from early last week, which was don't let that stuff get you down. Because of the injuries, and there's like 15 really important ones happening as we speak, there are super streamers coming out of our ears. Every day you got choices, even on really short cards like this one. You've got an option or two in Philadelphia. You've got an option in Memphis. You've got a couple options in Denver. You probably have an option on the Lakers. You definitely have one or two on the Suns. I mean, eight teams playing today. And if I just start the show by talking about possible or likely stream or super stream or even slightly above that, like a DeAnthony Melton, you got Melton. You got Shake Milton on Philly because Embiid is out for a couple of ball games now. So you figure that usage is going to sort of flow downhill. If Ja plays, then Memphis only has John Conchar as your fill-in guy. If he sits this one out, you got Tyus Jones as well. That would be four. Denver, you got Bruce Brown. Uh, it would have been Bones, but if he has a cold, then, you know, I don't know how much farther down the rabbit hole I'm going there. Detroit, eh, I mean, Killian Hayes is kind of a long streamer right now for Cade. Lakers, Austin Reeves has been really good lately. Lonnie Walker. Has been really good pretty much all year. And with LeBron out, that should continue. You got Torrey Craig and Campaign and Phoenix. What number did I just get to? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like nine or ten possible streams on an eight-team card? Absurd. Absolutely absurd. We'll get a final list of those guys to you over on social media. Again, it's at Dan Bespris. I hope that I will hear from you over there. Also, while we're on the topic of social, which does still exist for now, uh, going to continue to get the um, the emergency backup Discord link in the show description should you guys want to have a, a, a fail-safe in case Twitter goes down. I don't mean permanently. Even if Twitter just, like, 
crashes for a little bit. It would be a nice place to have a backup where you can go to get your news and information and where links get posted and things like that. So that's in the in the show description. Also, we are recruiting once again here at Sports Ethos. We're looking for full season and DFS contributors for MLB, NFL, and NBA. Hit me up on Twitter at Dan Vespers or email roster at sportsethos.com. Eight-game Monday to recap, which it's funny because there were like we had 16 team play yesterday. It was double the size of tonight's card. And I would argue that I think more info is going to come out of tonight than came out of yesterday. I guess we'll see. We learned about a new possible streamer in Atlanta when DeAndre Hunter sits. A.J. Griffin had a really nice ball game. Didn't do much besides score, hit threes, and get steals, which that's going to cap the upside there. But in the event that Hunter misses additional time, or if this is just like a, if this is a one-game absence that resurfaces a little bit later on, great. We've got that data point now. We're just collecting data. I know we're, we're in week six, but we're just we're collecting data at this point. And at some juncture down the line, we get to use it. Nothing on the Cleveland side. I know, I know, I know. You guys are going to be like, wait, Dan, you can't say nothing because G.D. Osmond had 23 points and three threes, and he shot eight out of ten from the field. But look, like eight out of ten, not sustainable 23 points and almost nothing else that's not a sustainable fantasy model of any kind he would need this is because Karis LeVert is out by the way just to kind of retrace our steps a tiny bit there Lamar Stevens got the start but meh uh Osmond was the one it's a hot hand thing if Osmond's not warm he's not going to play 29 minutes if Stevens gets hot or a Coro gets hot or if Kevin Love's hairline fracture in his thumb is better they have Options that they didn't use yesterday because Osman hit 8 out of 10 shots. So they stuck with him. And despite that, I wouldn't even really argue that was that great of a game. 23 points and three threes, that's fine. Sub-average in rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Average in, in free throws. And then good in field goal percent, which this is not a guy who's going to shoot a high field goal percent every night. So do not be swayed. Do not be suckered in. By this, this siren song of G.D. Osman, it's not going to get it done. Evan Mobley was sort of pedestrian again. I Like, his year-over-year year is not that different. This is... Look, I spent a bunch of time on yesterday's show talking about how very wrong I was on someone like a Jalen Smith. Can we talk about how right I was on Evan Mobley? I cautioned all of you guys, don't draft him in the third where he's going. There's this weird assumption that he's going to magically start getting three to three and a half defensive stats per game or like a truckload more shots. And that team's been banged up so far and he still hasn't really had more to do. He's decent. He's a fifth rounder. That's a solid fantasy asset. But he's not a superstar. Not yet. Will it happen down the line? Maybe. But you know me. You know the way we, we roll on Fantasy NBA Today. We... It's, it's a numbers game. It's a percentages game. Not that I never try to predict the next thing that's coming, but, you know, Mobley was one where, like, the prediction was, was predicated on a usage spike that hasn't happened and probably won't as long as Garland and Donovan Mitchell are there. 
I mean, everybody else has has lost all their shots in this thing. I would argue that Garland has even lost a bunch of his shots in this thing. I mean, he's still taking 17 and a half, and he's like early four, late third, early fourth round kind of guy. That's fine. Like, he's been pretty close to, to where he was drafted. Maybe there's the tiniest bit behind. But Donovan Mitchell has grabbed this team by the you-know-whats. I thought about describing what the you-know-whats were, but we're just going to move on. Indiana blew out Orlando. Orlando is not good. I thought they would be... I thought they would try, actually, more this year. Not to say that they're not necessarily trying. I just thought that there would be something. But it does kind of feel like a tank is still happening there. The Magic are 5-13. and 13. They have the pieces to win some more ball games. Markel Fultz hurt. Jonathan Isaac is... An apparition at this point. Um, Jumo Kiki went down last night. Obviously, Paolo's been out for a week. That's the big one. So, yeah, I mean, possibly they get a little bit better when those guys start floating back into the lineup. Although, at the moment, and Wendell Carter Jr. was out for this game also, at the moment, there has been kind of an addition by subtraction thing going on where Mo Bamba has climbed into the discussion Jalen Suggs has been largely unfettered at the point guard spot. I still don't I still don't like his overall fantasy game, which is built on assists and steals, basically. He's an assists and steals guy who scores a little more than some assists and steals guys we've talked about in the past. Like I think that one of the best examples would be like an Alfred Payton type. And then so you look at a Jalen Suggs and you're like, oh, last two weeks. 13.5 points, 5.5 assists, almost 2 steals. He's at .6 blocks. Ooh, this is all alluring. But for a guard, he's sub-average in threes, rebounds, turnovers are very bad, free throw has been bad, field goal has been bad. And so now you're like, okay, well, like if I'm looking at a Russell Westbrookian type of stat set, which is bad percentage, high turnovers... How good do I have to be in the other stuff to wipe that out? In a very qualitative way, very is the answer to that. Very good. Over the last week, he has been very good in the other stuff. Enough to wipe out the damage he's doing in field goal, free throw, and turnovers, which has still been pretty bad. Although his free throws have been a tiny bit better the last week. But he's at 17 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, 2.5 threes, and 2.8 defensive stats. And all of that together only gets him inside the top 70 because the field goal, free throw, and turnover combo has been such a downer. So now if he rolls out for a couple of ball games and doesn't get a host of defensive stats or three three-pointers in a game, that's how quickly it can fall off. To that end, Jalen Suggs is kind of a sell guy for me. I don't know what you can get for him because he hasn't been that great over that stretch, but he's been buzzy enough, and he had the four-steal game here, which did kind of float an otherwise meh sort of fantasy line. He's probably not going to get you much on his own because you're like, oh, here's Jalen Suggs, and someone's like, great, I'll give you back someone who I think is going to be in like the upper streamer crust zone, like, uh, I don't know. Who the hell falls into that? Like a Chris Boucher, who I like, but, you know, he's getting his value based on guys being out right now. Or a Harrison Barnes, who's been hyper-efficient lately to boost his value. And these are guys that don't really move the needle all that much. 
So what do you do then? Well, you probably try to take someone on your team who's overperforming in some capacity, whether it's like a, a Spencer Dinwiddie who's been quite good or a Devin Vassell who the, the vibes are not as great after the last week where the Spurs rested a bunch of dudes and got blown out a whole bunch of times, but uh, maybe like a Kyle Lowry who's been excellent, but of course half of Miami's been cooked lately, so he's getting to do all sorts of extra stuff. Maybe you take a Lowry and a Jalen Suggs, Lowry's in the 60 to 70 range. Suggs is outside the top 100, but shh, don't tell anybody. And see if you can bring back someone who's a more reliable 50 range guy. Like a CJ McCollum would be an interesting target there. I'd say Jalen Brown, but he scores 25 points, so that probably pushes him up. Buddy Heald would be interesting. By the way, he's tougher to, to trade because he's got another year on his deal. So these guys that are floating around. Tyler Hero's hurt right now. He's been in the 40 to 50 range so far this year. I just I think there's something we can do with Suggs, but letting it ride is not really what I want that choice to be. Mo Bamba's an auto start. Anytime Wendell Carter Jr.'s out, I know he wasn't that great in this ballgame, but overall his, his fantasy game is robust. So if he's going to play 30 minutes, then hell yeah, you want it. TJ McConnell had a huge ball game. I'm a little surprised it took this long for him to kind of have a wake-up game. I know a big blowout was part of it, but it just always felt like he was going to get to do more, especially since that team now is showing a desire to win. They're 10-6. and six. They've won five games in a row. I don't know. This one was a cakewalk because Orlando's terrible, but like they're doing all the stuff. Isaiah Jackson uh, got himself dinged up in this one. I think it's a sore foot. That's the latest we got on Jackson, which, again, blowouts are good for him. 10-8 and eight with a steal and a block. Perfect 5-for-5 five five from the floor. I mean, the fantasy potential on Isaiah Jackson is just infinite, and it's why we're just trying so desperately to hang on for dear life. Whereas with someone like Jalen Smith, I'll say it again. I said it on yesterday's show. I'll say it again. I missed. We got a lot of stuff right this year. Jalen Smith is not one of them. He's number 195, and like one good game out of every five isn't going to do it. I saw some folks who, like me, were high on Jalen Smith to start the year, sort of like go nuts when he had that one big ball game, but that's like, you just can't because you know the next one. It would have been almost disingenuous if I had done it because I know in my mind I was like, yeah, the next one's probably going to be a clunker. As long as they're trying to win... He's going to get yanked if something's not going right, if he's not playing well. It happened to Buddy Heald for stretches in this ballgame. I know, again, blowout, but he only logged 22 minutes. Aaron Neesmith got 31. He and TJ McConnell led the program. You're not picking up McConnell. You're not picking up O'Shea Brissett. I know these guys had good ball games. You are trying. Please try. Keep trying to hold on to Isaiah Jackson as long as humanly possible. Try to sell on Benedict Matherin. It's a, kind of a similar story to Jalen Suggs, even if their fantasy output is very different. Matherin excels in points and threes and free throws, but again, quite bad in a lot of other stuff. And you just sort of float along. I think, I know, you can kill me if you want. I've had him on it two Fridays in a row. Jalen Smith is droppable. He's been terrible, and there hasn't been any sign of that getting better. The only sign we have is every once in a while he's like hyper-focused and engaged and has a big ball game, and then for three games after that, he's not. Sorry. If I'm going to celebrate our wins on this program, Fantasy NBA Today, the, the players we targeted, we got to talk about the stuff that's not right. And if you can turn it into something, and like 
Right now, with a streamer board that's 15 to 20 players deep, you can definitely turn it into something. A lot of these streamers are rolling at a 50 to 75 clip during their fill-in time. Sorry, we got slowed up here. Ugh, this game has stuff to talk about, too. I really want a game that we can just sort of gloss over so this doesn't, this podcast doesn't roll into tomorrow. I know, I started late. It's on me, damn it. Uh, Knicks are going small these days. Mitchell Robinson, 13 minutes, re-aggravated his knee a little bit. It sounds like maybe it's just a rest day, but, you know, we'll find out. Isaiah Hartenstein did finally get engaged on the rebounding side and did get a steal and did get a block, but 16 minutes ain't enough. We need in the 20s. Preferably 22 or higher. But as we saw at the beginning of this year, he could get it done in 22. And 16 ain't 22. I have to admit I'm extremely frustrated with all of this stuff. If you have Mitchell Robinson, I don't, like, he was not a guy that you should have been targeting knowing that Hardenstein was breathing down his neck to start the year. But if you have him, probably hang on. If you have Hardenstein, hang on. We've seen what he's capable of. And the Knicks are in full... Tom Thibodeau is in, in mix-match mode right now. Now they're trying some higher-tempo stuff. It's They're all over the map. They can't figure out what their identity is, and you kind of just need to ride it out a little bit. On the Thunder side, we were watching Jalen Williams. He got 26 minutes with no Poku. Uh, Darius Baisley came back, though, so that kind of cramped the style at that power-forward spot. Kenny Hustle got the start. Kenrich Williams which, again, all this meant is that we moved right back into the OKC roulette wheel. So Dort played a bunch of minutes. I still don't like his fantasy game. Shea was very good again. Josh Giddy, he's showing signs of improvement. That's good. But no one else has reliable minutes beyond those guys, except for lately it was Poku before he got hurt. So you're hanging on to him, and no, I don't think that you need to be adding Jalen Williams. That's kind of what we were watching for in this ballgame. Here's one we can skip over. New Orleans beat Golden State by 40 because the Warriors benched their entire team. Throw it in the dumpster. Plop. Though it goes. Milwaukee beat Portland 119-111. No Damian Lillard for a couple of weeks. Aw. But if you were trying to figure out a way to drown your sorrows, at least Brooke Lopez played. Every time he plays, my sorrows just melt away. Brolo's at 2.8 blocks right now. Miles Turner's at three, by the way, if you're wondering uh, the the mighty block battle. JJJ's at four, but he's only played in two ball games at this point. Um, I mean, Miles and Brooke Lopez, they're, they're battling out right now in remarkably similar fantasy profiles to this point in the year. And that's crazy, because... We got Brooke at 130 or whatever it was. Man, he fell a long way. Grayson Allen had a nice ball game. Uh, nope, I don't really care to deal with that. We can officially now move on from Javon Carter. I know he still started at shooting guard, but like Chris Middleton's not really that far away. And for Carter, as long as Drew's in there uh, and Allen's in there and Giannis is in there, there just isn't enough left. Meanwhile, Giannis's free throw situation is just so completely insane. I can't, can't wrap my head around it. Pat Connaughton is a, is a player to watch as he gets his minutes, his legs underneath him, and his minutes start to because this is really like training camp for him. He may end up snatching like mid twenties when all said and done, because they're not a super deep team. Uh, deep deep enough, obviously. The Bucks are freaking good, and having Lopez back to protect the paint is is huge for them. Um, Cotton probably not going to get into the 12-team department, but keep an eye on it. 
Boston-Chicago, we got a little info on the Boston side with Brogdon and Marcus Smart both back in there and healthy. That meant there just wasn't enough, as the great Aaron Brewski likes to say, not enough meat on the bone for Derek White. You can cast him back into the sea, and we'll grab him anytime Smart or Brogdon misses a ball game. Grant Williams still plugging along. That one surprised me. I thought that he would fall more into like the 100 to 120 range. He's hanging out near 90. So he's just, he's, he's ever so slightly in front of that marker. And the real key for him is shooting 58% from the field while also hitting two three pointers a game. That's really, that's exceedingly useful because field goal percent is kind of hard this year. And if you want to get threes and that, it's a, that's a super weird combo to get out of someone who's kind of a, a late round dude. Chicago bounced back. No real fantasy notes on that club. Minnesota beat Miami 105-101, which, frankly, this is too close. I know Minnesota's played a little better lately, but schedule schedule's had a little something to do with it. Wolves have won four in a row. You take what you can, what you can get in all of this. But good game for Cat. Good game for the Ant-Man, who did miss another free throw. He's having a, having a thing there. Uh, I'm in some leagues where folks are trying to pawn Rudy Gobert off on me. Nah. I mean, we all knew everybody on that team was going to take some kind of hit. Cats at 18 per game. Gobert's at 40. That's probably about right. Cats probably a mid-second. Rudy's probably a mid-fourth. That's fair. Not big misses from where they were taken. Small misses. I'll accept that. There's a lot of spots where if you just take a player that doesn't completely obliterate your fantasy team, then you can get out of that with, with you know, your pants on you or whatever. Um... Nikola Jovic got another start on the Miami side, but didn't really matter. Caleb Martin played 40 minutes. Max Struess played 40 minutes. Basically, anytime you can find someone who's going to play 40 minutes, you you start them. Struess killed your field goal percent. That was a downer on that stream. Caleb Martin was kind of like the quiet across the board thing. And as long as Hero and Butler remain out, I, I'm perfectly happy starting both of those guys. I, I know that it wasn't, like, optimal in this ballgame, but... They got nowhere else to go. And finally, the Clippers beat the Jazz. That was a pretty good win. No Paul George on the Clippers' side. Norman Powell, Reggie Jackson. That was who I think I said on Twitter I thought would probably get a bump with no Paul George. The problem, of course, is that with Reggie Jackson, he needs to shoot, like, a a ton to overcome the fact that his field goal percent and complete lack of defensive stats are going to kind of smash him. So, no, not adding Reggie Jackson... Uh, Powell would be one that I'd look at first if George has to miss any additional time. Not that his fantasy game is all that much better, but Norman Powell can shoot in the mid to high 40s. Reggie's going to shoot like at 40. And so one of them becomes a super high volume negative field field goal percent impact guy. And the other one, you get a similar stat set, maybe slightly fewer assists, but a much better field goal percent. Eliminating that huge anchor does change things for the better. People all want to know what my thoughts are on Kawhi Leonard. We talked about him at great length on Thursday last week, and so far he's been pretty damn quiet since coming back. But the Clippers are way better when he's on the floor, and I think you're just going to kind of see him ease into it. I like that he got 11 shots up in this one. He's coasting along at that 23-24 minute per game mark. I think after maybe one or two more games, call it like five at each level, they'll probably try to graduate him by about 30 to 40 seconds, maybe a minute per shift that he's on the court, and maybe you get him up to like 26, 27. 
It'll happen. You just have to be a little bit patient. The thing that I think more people are annoyed with is that when he's been out there, he hasn't been the focal point on offense. That'll probably change as he continues to get his legs underneath him. So stick with it there. Marcus Morris, I am a little concerned. I am. I know... uh, And it's not even as much that Kawhi is the problem there. It's just that he was shooting way over his head. I don't know that you have to move on from Marcus Morris already, but I do know that he very quickly here is moving towards being one of my first one or two possible cuts on fantasy team. Because he wasn't going to shoot 51, 52, whatever that was percent all season long. He needs shots, which if Powell's playing better, that's going to cut into it. Reggie, Paul George, Kawhi. It's just a lot. He kind of needed guys to be out and to be super hot all the time. But we'll see. I mean, if you got him, you could probably bench him for a game if you want. It probably goes big as soon as you bench him, of course. You know how that works. But I do think he's trending that way. And so just kind of be ready. Because there's 85 streamers on the board, and you want to be able to have dudes you can move to go get them. Doop-a-da-doo. On the Utah side, this was a game we were watching very closely to find out what the Jazz were going to do with Mike Conley's minutes. And the answer was more or less what we expected, which was that Colin Sexton got the start but wasn't very good. So I don't think you need to re-add him. I do like that he got 28 minutes uh, and 13 shots up, but the fantasy game just sort of isn't robust enough as the third option or fourth option or whatever you want to call him in that starting unit. He got a big chunk of minutes, big bump. Taylor Orton Tucker got a medium-sized bump. And Malik Beasley got a small to medium-sized bump. And at the end of all of that, Sexton was at 28, THT was at 20, and Beasley was at 30. And to me, that's the much more important part. Because none of those three guys is going to be a ball hog the whole time they're on their floor. THT had pretty damn high usage yesterday, but that'll fluctuate a bit more. Beasley, he's going to be a guy that finishes plays. He's not going to orchestrate. He's not, he's not running the offense on that team. Sexton could run the offense for stretches in that starting unit, but he'll be kind of battling it out with Clarkson and Markinen and even Kelly Olynyk, who had a, a stellar game yesterday. Uh, not that he's, again, going to be a play finisher, but we know Olynyk is really good at ball movement. And he's, by the way, up to number 80 in 9-cat off that really nice one. So Olynyk humming along. So what do you do? What do you do with the information we got yesterday? A lot of you guys on Twitter were yelling at me that I wasn't giving enough to Malik Beasley. I explained myself, or I tried to at least on the podcast, which is his fantasy game is predicated heavily on taking a crap ton of three-pointers, and he needs to be consistently on the court to do that. Lately, he has been because he's been really hot. He's been averaging like five three-pointers a game over his last week, week and a half. Okay, that's great, but we knew that wasn't going to stick as long as the team was healthy. Now that the team isn't, and there are an extra 30 minutes per game up for grabs among guards and wing players, because they don't. it doesn't need to be just like a point guard to point guard direct uh, straight swap there. Because they can move Clarkson down, Sexton can play point. There's other options for them, or just run a little bit bigger. Like, they don't need a true point guard on the floor. They can have a bunch of guys doing that. 
the fact that Beasley then gets that bump from, you know, more like a 24-minute average, 24-25, up to, say, here, where you can pretty reliably, I think, count on him to play 27 to 32 minutes per game, that, to me, is the reason that you add him and can probably start him. Now, could he come out and have another ball game like this one? Absolutely, because this is what he does. He's a shooter. He's going to get hot and have a five three-pointer game or a six three-pointer game, and then he's going to get cold, and he's going to have one where he makes two out of 11 shots. And you just kind of have to be okay with the end result of that. But with 30 minutes and presumably anywhere from like 10 to 14 shots per game, that should be enough for him to carry 90 range value or maybe a tiny bit better if you kind of catch him on a warm streak. So go ahead and add Malik Beasley. He Throw him on the streamer's board. Conley's out for a couple of weeks. Um, it's nice when you can pick up a stream that you don't have to worry about for a little bit, and I think he most likely falls into that category. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, we are recruiting, so please do hit me up on Twitter about that. But as I did not yet mention at the beginning of the show... Please do continue to throw those five-star ratings on the podcast. That's been really cool to see. I know I uh, I mentioned that I wanted to try to get to 850 rankings at some point this season. What were we at yesterday? Like 827 or something like that. Um, as I continue to say, it's really weird and annoying to try to find the rating spot. But I'm happy to, to let you guys know on social if you're, if you're trying to do it there. But I, I know we got a few of you that are listening here that can do it, that haven't done it before. Please do. I thank you in advance for that. Also, how many of you have tried out Thrive Fantasy so far with promo code Ethos? I'd love to talk to you guys on social. Maybe we get a couple testimonials in there. Maybe we talk a little bit of shop. Maybe I get you in touch with our DFS team. That should be a lot of fun as well. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code Ethos. Thank you to ExpressVPN and Manscaped as well. Those codes are actually, uh, well, at Manscaped, it's Ethos20, 20% off free shipping. ExpressVPN.com slash HoopBall is a website you go to that gets you an extra three months on a one-year ExpressVPN package. Have a delightful short slate Tuesday, everybody. Sorry for the late pod today. I am Dan Baspris, a sports ethos employee. (laughs) I screwed the order up on that. Whatever. You know what this is. Fantasy NBA Today. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. So long, everybody.